The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, a long wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and wrestling's number one podcaster. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Eddie Guerrero to my JBL. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Well, you don't want to keep milking his name. Apparently, Chavo Guerrero says too many people are milking his name to get cheap pops or something like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Every- Everybody's gotta. Everybody's gotta, gotta drop that name. You know, it's like, hey, you remember this dead guy that you all used to really like? You would accuse Rey Mysterio of doing it. Yeah, like Rey's it doing it. Someone posted it in the group. He said, "Uh, Chavagura says we're tired of people prostituting the family name for their benefit." Says the guy who prostituted the family's name for the be- his benefit. But in his defense, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> um, you are like the least of all everybody in that family, dude. So calm down. You're popular because of your dad and because of your uncle. So shut the hell up. Yeah, right. I mean, I I get his point, but at the same time, like, like, who's all? Because I only know of the Mysterios. It's like, I don't know. Anytime anybody else mentions, it's like, I hear like analysts or fans or whatever. It's like, oh, so-and-so reminds me of Eddie Guerrero. But I don't actually hear the wrestlers themselves, like, dropping his name. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Either way, uh, well, you know whose whose name never gets dropped is JBL. Nobody's like, I want to be the next JBL. Well, you already have a next wrestling guy. His name's Kenny Omega. So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I liked like I thought JBL was great on the mic. Uh, he had his moments of good character work and whatever, even if some of it was effed up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I. Every single one of his matches, I, I hated watching him wrestle because he was so boring. I don't know. Did you feel that same way? Not like I do with Lance Storm, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. His entire run, it's like no matter who he's facing, it's like, oh, uh, so-and-so had a good match and JBL was there. <laughs> it's like he, he couldn't have a good match with anybody. And then they pair him with the big show. And they have a feud, and I'm like, oh, God, this is just going to put my ass to sleep. (laughs) The cure for insomnia. Big show versus JBL. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, he had some decent matches with with Eddie Guerrero, but I'm going to put that all on Eddie. Same thing with he had some good matches with John Cena, but again, I'm going to put that all on John Cena. So I don't know. Even his his short run as U.S. champion, that was meh. I don't know. Like when he when he finally retired, I was like, oh no, say it ain't so. <laughs> One more run, John. One more run. You're the only person in history asking for that. <laughs> uh, if he would have hung on any longer, he would have got the please retire chance, like Big Show. But I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah. Oh God, I know. And you know what's funny is like, well, you know, hey, at least he got a run, I guess. But it's like he was in wrestling for a long time, and his top guy run didn't come until like the twilight of his career. And it was like, I finally got a gimmick figured out. Hallelujah. 
like obviously the APA was over, but him as a singles guy, it's like think of all the evolutions that we had, like the different characters we had for for Bradshaw. None of them, nobody gave a damn, except for like you know when he was with Ron Simmons, and then all of a sudden, boom, JBL hits and he's the the champ for. God, it was by today's standards not very long, but back then he had a long ass title run. Uh, Roman, Roman, Roman Reigns looks at it and goes, <laughs> "That's cute," but. You know, for for back then it was long. But either way, we're going to get into all that right here today. He, thank God, is not the champion just yet, but, uh, well, it's coming. It's, it's like that dark cloud looming over the show. Uh, it's uh, it's on the way. And there's one. there's only one match that has blood on the show, and by God, it is enough blood for the entire rest of the card. I forgot this was that match, and I was yep. like, oh, man. How did you forget this was that match? This because is the only one, I, the one he's talked about for his entire life. I was thinking for some reason it w- that uh, he bled like that in the bull rope match. So I was he getting did. him mixed up. This, I don't think it was this bad, but... Yeah. So I, I want to say that uh, Bruce Pritchard said they had to force him to go to the hospital to get a transfusion because he kept passing out backstage. And for some reason, he didn't want to go to the hospital. And they're like, dude... You're going to you're literally going to die like you need to go now. <sighs> but either way, uh, we'll talk about all that uh, on this card. The rest of it, I think there's some interesting stuff to talk about. But I think this uh, this uh, whole show and maybe you're with me on this can be summed up in one word. Mid. Yep. And I remember after this show on SmackDown, they kept calling it the greatest SmackDown pay per view of all time. How low is that bar, man? <sighs> Lower than the floor, man. It was like. The sewer in hell, something. Yeah, right. Because I was, I was genuinely excited to go into this because I couldn't remember it. I'm like, okay, Eddie Guerrero's on top, so you know it's got to be, it's got to be a good one, right? I mean, SmackDown was pretty good during that era. It just, it seemed like a long episode of SmackDown, and not like a really good episode, just like a, eh, it was a show. It was like I said, you can sum it up with mid. But we'll get into all that. First, I do want to tell you all about the sponsor of the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. 
turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And now we're going to take our first break and let you know where you can get some awesome Main Event Marks merchandise and uh, tell you about some other great podcasts to listen to besides this one. Of course, get your fill on the Main Event Marks first before you head over there to uh, to our buddies podcast. And hey, while you're at it, go subscribe. Yeah, go down to Puckberg and jerk the curtain and take the apron bump. Yep, and uh, you know definitely check out if you if you like retro stuff, uh, the Brocast and Apron Bump are great. Uh, if you like current stuff, we don't have promos for them, but go check out uh, Rasslin Addicts with an R, Rasslin, and uh, no G at the end. And also, you no can w go to beginning. Yeah, and you That'll can go to. It did me. <laughs> right, uh, and you can go to our uh, YouTube page and check out Curtain Jerkin. Subscribe for that, which is all current stuff with Jacob Grandi and uh, retro stuff from us, as well as our Marks on Media videos that we got got up on there. Uh, it's, uh, it's I, I want to say that the content is improving a little bit of the quality of the content. I've been putting in more work with it, and we're going exclusively. If you want to hear clips of the podcast and let your buddies know, they're going to be shorts now, so you can share the exclusive shorts around. Give them a give them a little taste. That's actually how. Shorts. Wow. Uh, salute your shorts. But I never watched you, that show. That was a big thing when I was real young. Uh, I, and it was one of them shows that like, I completely forgot about. And when somebody brought it up, I was like, my God, I used to watch that all the time. <laughs> I, it's one of them that you know drifts off. It's like, holy crap, I, that, I forgot that existed. But either way, we're going to take our first break here. On the other end, we're diving into the news and notes. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks.
we're back. We're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Got anything to crack today? No, I'm drinking vitamin water. Nice. Uh, release the Kraken. Uh, well, it is well, dragon fruit, so it's close to a dragon. Hey, do you like dragons? You know, oh, good dragon? lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say the punchline here. Anybody can go Google that one. It's uh, it's overused, but still funny. Either way, uh, time to get into the news and notes here. So that means... That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave! Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why it's the funniest part. <laughs> oh yeah, wrap it up with uh, wrap it up with a little Joe Pesci. Hell yeah. But either way, uh, getting into this now to uh, follow up on a Bret Hart and Vince McMahon meeting that took place after Raw in Calgary on April nineteenth. The main issue discussed was WWE's upcoming DVD set on Bret Hart's career. I own that, by the way. And I, think uh, I still do. Kids, if you don't know what a DVD is, uh, you really are freaking young. Uh, but go, Why are you listening go, go. to this? Yeah, right. What's a DVD? DVD? Either way. It is becoming more likely that Hart will appear on WWE TV before the year ends. If Hart was to get involved in an angle, it will be one that will allow him to get revenge against Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels for the 1997 incident in Montreal. When is it that he does pop back up? Close to 2010, the Hall of isn't Fame. It? Oh, was it oh, 2008 Hall of Fame, I think. Okay, so. No, no, 2006. 2006 Hall of Fame. Yeah, so he is not there anywhere in 2004 or 2005. So I guess that constitutes a. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, there you go. Here's one that's very prudent to, uh, you know, what uh, what era we're in right now with things going on, but. The WWE stage crew had to work well into the night and early Sunday morning after Saturday night's NBA playoff game at Staples Center in Los Angeles. Game at six of the Lakers versus Spurs didn't let out until 1040 p.m. <laughs> 10.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, it then took a couple of hours for the building and parking lot to empty out and get all of the Lakers stuff out of there. Then the crew had to get the tra- uh, get the trucks with the Judgment Day set inside. Yeah, like just lost those finals. By the way, ha ha. In the, is this one of the ones that the Spurs won? I think oh six was the one that the Heat won. This is oh four. Oh four. Okay, these are six. That's right. Because uh, I mentioned six. NBA. That might have been the Pistons. Yeah, Pistons versus Lakers. Yeah. Or the finals. So did the oh so oh, yeah so the the Pistons won it all. Well, well, uh, screw the Pistons. Well, you know, all go right. blue, but screw them. 
uh, well, no to that first part, and I second that second part, but yeah, so hey, we both had to get one in, all right? You got your Lakers dig in there, and also, screw the Spurs. Yeah, who are you telling? <laughs> hey, they, uh, uh, the first time the, the Cavs were ever in the, uh, the NBA finals, we got swept by the Spurs, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, that's a, that was that's a, a Tim Duncan thing, it happens. First time I ever got my hopes up for the Cavaliers in my life, and that happened. So, thanks, LeBron. Uh, either way, uh, Jim Ross has had talks with Jeff Hardy about a possible return. The main issue, uh, I, hey, <laughs> ready, ready yourself for this one, all right? <laughs> the main issue continues to be that WWE wants Hardy to go into rehab for his drug problems while Jeff feels that he does not need to go. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hmm. That, 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 you know, that hasn't happened recently or anything. Something's yeah. <sighs> never changed, huh? So, Mr. F Rehab and F the WWE, that's been uh, a thing for a while. Need your damn help. I'm quitting time I want. Yeah. Good grief, dude. It's like, clearly you have issues. And it's like, oh, screw the people trying to help me out. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but hey, at least we like Jeff Hardy. Somebody that, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not exactly uh, sad that he's not there. Although Scott Steiner has been physically cleared to wrestle. He's fat! He's fat! <laughs> not rehearsed. <laughs> yep, there you go. Uh, there are two major things going against him with regards to WWE's, his WWE return. First, the WWE creative team currently has no plans for him in any upcoming storylines, thus placing Steiner on the back burner should he return. Secondly, there is still lots of concern about his physical durability, thus making the WWE hesitant to put much TV time into him. Should he become sidelined again, all their hard work would go down the drain. Steiner's current deal is a two-year contract that was signed at the beginning of 2003 and will expire at the end of the year. Well, and as we all know, the major issue is... He's fat! Uh, yeah. Uh, does he... I don't insane he looking back, at him back in the day. I'm looking at him right here. I know, we were just watching some of his matches in WCW and NWA, whatever, and he's doing backflips and uh, jumping up for that Frankensteiner and just moving and going all over the place. Here, he can barely effing move, man. Sure, he can hit a few suplexes, but damn. I don't know. It's uh, sad. Just like, like, what the hell did he do to yourself, man? Was it Was it really worth it? He's already huge to begin with. I don't think he really needed to to uh, roid himself up or anything like that. Allegedly! <laughs> so, uh, speaking of big men, though, Brock Lesnar was backstage at the May 3rd edition of Raw in Phoenix, Arizona. Vince McMahon was said to have been very nice to Lesnar. While Vince did not like the way that Lesnar gave him such short notice of his departure, he understood that Lesnar could return to WWE in the future, so he did not want to form tensions between Lesnar and himself. Uh, wouldn't you know who won the pony? I mean, that was just kind of a matter of time, I, I feel. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it, I, I still think it was crazy. He was like, I mean, if you can do it, cool, whatever, you know, <laughs> shoot your shot, man. But it's like, he tried out for the Vikings having never freaking played football before. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like, uh, I'm a big dude. I can break through the line. Yeah, right. 
That's like, uh, well, then again, we've seen crazier stuff happen. Somebody never running for office before, just winning a presidency right out the gate. So, I mean, <laughs> there you go. Got to shoot your shot, man. Crazy crap. It just crap depends on who it is and what it is. Yeah, I guess so. And then he went into MMA and did did fairly well there uh, for a little bit anyway. Um, Until he stopped wrestling money. old guys and well past their prime guys, yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Greg? Brock Lesnar. Does anybody remember Keith pound? Herring? Does uh, anybody uh, does anybody know that Randy Couture was like 100 years old when he fought him? That's not a knock on Randy Couture because he won the title that that age, but you know, right. it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's, well, his first fight, Frank Mir caught him with like a lucky uh, like knee bar or whatever the hell. Or I wouldn't call that luck at all, Frank Mir. Yeah, well, he, like he's he actually hitting, talented, right? But but the second fight, he freaking got dominated, got his face bashed in. I was like, damn. And then along came Kane. Yeah, you know, speaking of bashing faces, faces in. But, yeah, uh, the guy that went to jail for assaulting a child molester. Didn't he shoot the wrong guy, by the way? I never heard anything like that. Yeah, I heard something that, like, he shot somebody, uh, the guy that he shot or whatever was, uh, turned out it was not the right guy. Something like that. I'm like, oh, man, I hope that's not true. If that's true, that sucks. <sighs> Either way. But uh, speaking of Brock Lesnar, his girlfriend, Sable, has not been on WWE television lately because Brock wants her to spend most of her time with him instead of being on TV. Well, I mean, look at her, wouldn't you? Uh, Sable has fully recovered from surgery that repaired her breast implant, which was leaking. Good lord. That is a real sentence. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Charlotte took time off for that same thing, didn't she? Like, what, like they popped or I don't, something like that? I don't know. She talked about it on, I want to say Renee's podcast, whatever, where she said, like, either they got all... Like they shifted out of, I think she said they shifted out of place or whatever. Like, I don't know how that happens, but she had to go get them repaired. That's why one of her hiatuses were, were going in to get her breasts fixed. How do you get that job? Yeah. Okay. That's like an odd call. It's like, uh, I gotta, I gotta take time off. Go get my boobs fixed. All righty. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it depends on how you word it. Cause you know. Johnny Ace is like, Oh yeah. Need me to oil them <laughs> up for you. You know, Mr. McMahon, but they're nice. I'll come in and prep you for surgery. I'll bring the oil. Cowabunga, dude. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was right there, man. Come on. It's like that he's telling hot women, cowabunga, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like Frisbee? I love Frisbee. I don't really skateboard. I just pretend. Uh, Lies. We have. We have done shows where him and Shane are literally on the skateboards going down the ramp. Maybe not yeah. too long or not too far, but they were doing that. As long as I'm on a steep incline and I can stop safely at the end, I'll ride that thing. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, you, didn't, you didn't set me up for that. Yeah. Well, and you set me up for the first one of these of the podcast. What the fuck? Anyway, Bobby Heenan is expected to return to WWE to provide voiceover work for the upcoming WWE 24-7 video on-demand service. Man, that's a blast from the past. Uh, That will feature many matches from Heenan's days as WWE's color man. 
even though he's white. Uh, Heenan might... <laughs> I know, you're probably not touching that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, Heenan might also provide commentaries on the matches and shows. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch WWE 24-7, so I don't know if this ever happens. He was on uh, Confidential and some documentaries and stuff. I don't think he was ever on there. I mean, he was okay. on documentaries on there, yeah. But. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, another old-timer here. Earl Hebner hopes to return to WWE around SummerSlam after being out of action because of shoulder surgery. This is like two shows in a row where Earl Hebner is out with an injury. That's for 2023. He is still refereeing. Man, he's going to die in that ring, man. He's going he's gonna to get that near fall and die, and they're going to think this is the dream. Of, isn't, the, isn't the dream to die doing what you love? <laughs> I guess so. <sighs> but, yeah, that's like freaking Ric Flair. If anybody will ever let him wrestle again, that might be I hope his they don't. final match. Right. Uh, that, uh, that might very well be his final match because it'll be his final anything. But either way. Uh, we talked about him earlier, but Eddie Guerrero will be featured in a UPN special at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on May 26th. I believe this was Cheating Death, Stealing Life, if I remember correctly. I got that on DVD, actually. Did, did You watched that, right? I watched it on Peacock, I think. I don't think I ever bought the DVD. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was one of the ones I was like, oh, I gotta have it. Because Eddie was, like, my favorite guy in WWE at this time. So I... I went out and bought that right away. I also got his um, I'm Your Poppy shirt and that one right after he passed that was like a take on his Scarface shirt. I got I got that T-shirt. I try not to wear it too much anymore because it so you're, fade out. So what you're saying is you prostitute his name for a pop? <laughs> My God. Yeah, that's it. Shao <laughs> uh, Guerrero would say you are. Hey, I, uh... I'm sorry you're not relevant, haven't been in years, dude, but... <laughs> How dare you? He was one of the guys following around Andrade. <laughs> and then he got ghosted by the cokehead. His own words. Not the cokehead part. <laughs> Good God. What, by Tony Khan? He said he ghosted him and he never talked to him again. Uh, I thought that was so weird, because I was actually at that show in Cincinnati that he he got turned on, and they replaced him with was it Jose or Jorge or whatever the hell that guy's name is? Jose B. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but yeah, he got replaced with that guy. And I was like, the hell is the guy replacing him? And why are they taking out Chavo? I'm like, this is a freaking random ass turn on a random Okay, show. you just described like the last 12 episodes of Dynamite, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just do stuff. I'm like, ah. if you didn't know any better and you first watched, you would think Vince Russo was running it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like they just I, I don't get the the point of doing that. It's like they just freaking do stuff just to do it. Like build up to it. Like have have it on a special show with meaning. I wow, guess what's in, fun in that. I guess in their mind it it's more of a well you got to tune in all the times so anything could happen. Like I kind of get that. That's what mentality. that means. Yeah. I don't know. But the whole whole Chavo being turned on was just like there was no build up to it. It just kind of yeah. There was no like tension happening. Yeah, just kind of happened out of the blue, and then they uh, just got rid of him. Like I, I guess his contract ran out or something. He like because that was my thing when I was with my my friend at the show. I, I was like, is his contract up? 
like out of the blue and they didn't plan on this or are they trying to get rid of them? Like, I don't know. I think Vicky's gone now too. Yeah. Oh, did you? Well, I can probably tell you why with Vicky. Did you hear about all that? No, I don't keep up with any of that. Someone just said she was gone. Her younger daughter, the one that wasn't in WWE, um, can't remember her name, but she basically came out and said that Vicky's husband, like, uh, molested her or raped her or something. And Good Vicky, Lord. yeah. And then Vicky came out afterwards on social media and just ripped into her, said she's a druggie and a liar and all this other stuff. Yep. And she said, you're no longer my daughter. And all this just went off on social media. Who says that? Apparently, Vicky Guerrero. Like, uh, I, I don't know anything about it, but if it is true and someone's a druggie and it's your kid, shouldn't you be getting them help? That was disowning yeah. them? What the hell's wrong with you? I, well, she claimed, she's like, you've used us for money and we've done everything for you and you keep turning on us and you and using us. And so, you know, is this an AEW you, story or an actual story? No, this is a, yeah, no, this is, uh, this was all real. This happened, uh, about a month ago. And apparently speaking of Chavo, Chavo came out and said, he oh, stands with it. Chavo, Chavo came out and said he stands with his niece and Eddie would be so disappointed in Vicky and everything. And yeah. That's and disgusting, then, man. Yeah, I, even if what Vicky's saying is true and all that stuff happened with the with the girl and it, let's say if she's lying, like you still don't like air that like what kind of mother is like, you know what, F you and I'm going to stand up for my husband and screw my daughter. You know, it's like F you. It's like maybe handle that stuff in private. I know obviously the daughter struck first on social media, but you're howled. Like, come on. <sighs> oh, man. There you go, folks. You think your family's got problems? You yeah, ain't seen Eddie, nothing. Yep, Eddie's rolling in his grave, man. Sad, but either way, uh, <laughs> getting in, getting into something else that's like, who cares? But <laughs> WWE announced that uh, Maven will be making his return to Raw next Monday. He'll be replacing. Oh, thank Gra- God. <laughs> He'll be replacing Grandmaster Sexay in a twenty-man battle royal. <laughs> okay. A couple things to break down there. I like, first yeah. of all, I'm not knocking Maven. I like Maven, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, who announces a replacement for a battle royal? Don't you just have it happen? Like, just throw them in there, whoever it is. Yeah, I can't like, imagine like, this battle royal was that big of a deal where they're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> we need to announce the replacement for Grandmaster Sexay." <laughs> I don't think one single person was like, "Where's Grandmaster Sexay? Why again, is he not, in this twenty not enough, battle royal?" But he was only relevant when he's part of a three man crew. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Maven was only relevant never. <laughs> so, basically, what I'm trying to say is, shut up and take my money. Okay. Uh, First of all, understand. I, I'm glad you said this because we had some fun poking fun at it. But why did you pick this? Like, what the hell made you say, "Oh, I'm gonna throw this on here"? <laughs> because it's Evan. It was just so random that it was an actual news story. I was like, I have to put this on here because, like. Why? Throughout, throughout the history of wrestling, any company, any channel, any brand, whatever, uh, you've always sell Battle Royal. There's two guys that you think have a good chance of winning. Right. And if one of them gets injured, I can see, ah, maybe yeah, I've got to ask that replacement. But for the most right. part, aren't they all just randoms anyways? Even the ones who might win, aren't they all just like throwing in there because I'm doing nothing else that night? So we got to replacement. 
Well, I also, you ask why I put this on here. I also put this on here for, to give me an opportunity to say, I have a Jax figure of Maven. I never made him a tell of him. I think he was gone by the time the tail started doing stuff. Oh, he was way long gone by then. Yeah. 2010 uh, is when they started, I believe. Maven, who has come out publicly and said he hated that theme song that they gave him. That was Which actually the get. theme for I Tough Enough. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, why? That was the only cool thing about you. He still says it on the to Cardona all the time. Cardona tells him it was an awesome song. It is. That'd be like if Alex Riley was like, oh, that song they gave me, that sucked. It's like, oh, yeah, because once the music stopped, you know, it was a great show. <laughs> Full on burial mode today, folks. <laughs> sure, uh, no Fs. Yep. I, hey, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out that golden shovel. Anyway. Uh, oh, and somebody that uh, speaking of getting buried in the future, but Kensuke Sasaki had, was contacted it's about Sasuke, coming, I believe. Yeah, Ken, Kensuke, whatever. Yeah, Kensuke Sasaki was contacted about coming into Raw or to a Raw show in San Jose recently uh, about being the bodyguard of Hirohito. It uh, if it happens, it may be a strange sight as Kenzo Suzuki, who will play Hirohito, is six foot four. And Sasaki is only five foot seven. Wow, I'm remembering this in my head. I think he did wrestle and he ended up taking on Juventud Guerrera, who wasn't well, there yet. Well, first of all, before we go on with the pre- I'm pretty sure it's at that over, show. Before we go on with the with, with the uh, breakdown of this here, first of all. <laughs> so just to clarify, his name was supposed Kenzo Suzuki. God dang it, pronouns, pal. Uh, Kenzo Suzuki was supposed to be Hirohito. And they had a bunch of play-up packages for him on Raw for a while. Until somebody pointed out Hirohito was the leader of Imperial Japan during World War II when some not-so-good stuff happened. Man, how do they keep falling into these things? Open a freaking book. Well, the thing they is... They almost gave Gunther a Nazi name? Yeah. Something like that? Was it Gunther? I don't even remember what the hell his last name was supposed to be, but yeah. Damn it, pal. I failed English or history. Yeah, right. Maybe both. In my school, English and history was the same class, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, yeah, like, this wasn't even just a guy. He was the leader of the Imperial Japan. Like, <laughs> what the hell, man? I mean, it's not funny, but it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, it definitely is. Like, what the frickin' hell, man? So, that's fail number one. Uh, also, they used some. The footage, fact that we're starting to number these is not a good sign. But go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, I want to point out. I think in the play-up packages was black and white footage from World War II. Like, why, man? They actually I, used that for uh, Austin McMahon build-up package uh, once. Uh, man, like you can see. I think it was like oh, Hitler's guys walking through the streets with their <laughs> guns. Like you know, they held them like from the from the handle. Who stepping? He'll, yeah, yeah. he'll straight up. Yeah. Good grief. I, I think they use him for the NWO, footage, too. But, like, why the hell would you use that? There is a plethora of stuff you could use. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man, because... the greatest production... Me, right? Makeup. <laughs> you have the greatest production in the world, you can't make up something? Nope. Uh, but I will say... The, the Hirohito thing, I was, I, I, I'm going to say it was on purpose because like I said, oh, I have World no War II footage. Yeah. And then somebody was like, maybe we shouldn't because it's not quite the Nazis, 
But, you know, they fought with the Nazis. And they did bomb a military base here in the United States to, you know, get us into the war. It's kind of a kind of a bad thing. And, you know, nobody wants to be reminded of, you know, what ended their their part in World War II. So maybe let's not. What is it with people wanting to either relive or bring back up that horrible time? I don't know. It's, all these idiots praising Hitler and crap. I'm like, that's disgusting as it is. But the yeah, Kanye West started it all, right? Wasn't it him? Yeah, well, you, you see what, what happened, though, Greg, was he, he turned a new leaf because he watched 21 Jump Street. And Jonah Hill made him realize not all Jews are bad. Right. I am not 21 joking. Jump Street, 21 Jump Street made me learn that there's a Korean Jesus. So Exactly. That's a pretty historic movie. <laughs> and he ain't got time for your BS. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, that was a real thing. I know we're getting into some heavy subjects here today, but hot damn. That was a like a real post. It, just, yeah, it really baffles me when people just want to keep going back to that era. Like, why? Is that moment <sighs> just rather be dead and buried, gone? I just Well, because Greg, we live in a super easy like not everything's like rainbows and unicorns or whatever, but comparedly to other times in history, we're not doing that bad. All right. Like <laughs> yeah, right? a lot of fr- there are a lot of first world issues out there, and uh, people people got to make life harder or, rem- you know, reminisce about the good old days. It sucked. But either way, uh, the other the other issue with all this is the lesser of the issues. But they were airing these on Raw, like he was going to come in to the Raw side of things. And then they did an about face and went, no, 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 no. He's just going to be Kenzo Suzuki, uh, drop all the World War II stuff, and he's going to be on SmackDown. Okay. <laughs> Right. This goes back to the Desert Storm. They always latch on to war stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, think about that. God dang it, pal. What's hot and trending right now? I got it. Imperial Japan from World War II. <laughs> got his finger on the pulse of circus something, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, God. But anyway... Jim Ross has gone on record stating that he believes that Steve Austin will, in fact, return to the WWE in the future. Uh, when you know who won the pony, he hopes in Austin does. Yeah, I don't think he would really return. He'd make an appearance here or there. Maybe to be in yeah. with the word "return" or what? Yeah, well, I, I, it depends. I mean, he did have another match, obviously, at last year's WrestleMania, but uh, I mean, it's so it's kind of far off. And he did, you know, the legend cameos here and there and whatever, but. Either way, he hopes that Austin doesn't wrestle in Japan while away from the WWE as he would risk his well-being following his multiple ring-related surgeries. Dude, could you ma- imagine Steve Austin in Japan? <laughs> that Against would be... Okada? Or... <laughs> Dude, well, in 2004, it would probably... I don't know who the hell the top guys were. But, yeah, it would. he'd be in there against some big, some big bastard. and I don't know. That'd be... Uh, That'd be weird. Stan, yeah, Stan Hansen got over pretty big over there, and he's a big old Texas boy. So. But it's tiny wanger. <laughs> God. But additionally, Ross stated that the WWE has a movie plan that will go straight to video about Austin at, Austin with an actor playing Austin's part. That never happened. Uh, this movie will uh, be produced along with two other movies about Kane and Triple H. Those also didn't happen. I'm going to so say thank God on that one. Was this a thing at the time where they were like, oh, we're going to make a bunch of biopics about wrestlers? Uh, okay. 
Like, uh, you don't need to do it for, like, the whole roster, man. If I remember correctly, the Kane one was going to be a straight character by... <laughs> Katie Vick would have been killed in it and everything. Oh, my gosh. If I remember that, right, that was Bruce Fisher said. That's something. <laughs> man, I'm glad none of this was Because this through. was such good TV, it adapts well to screen. Oh, well, exactly. But they did move forward with uh, See No Evil for Kane and a sequel. And then uh, Triple H got the uh, the chaperone. I don't know the timeline, but did you ever watch that movie? I watched them both, yeah. I never watched the chaperone. That one just looked not good. So I don't know. See No Evil was uh, okay. I don't watch the second one, though. I Either forgot way, the second one. Yeah, I know. I was like, how? If you watch the first one, it's like... Eh. I guess everybody said that after every Friday the 13th movie, so... Either way. Uh, meanwhile, WWE is still planning on producing three movies of its own. The Triple H movie, as well as the horror movie with Kane, will definitely be going ahead as planned. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only movies they get are the ones I just mentioned. Can we tell them to stop right now? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there was also another movie centered around Steve Austin that is still going to happen. However, at this time, it is not known who Vince McMahon will choose to play the lead role originally envisioned for Austin. Yeah. How do you how do you miss that? Wow. Uh, but yeah, the role originally envisioned for Austin. Uh, this is most likely the condemned that he's talking about, and it will star Steve Austin. Well, that was a great one. Yeah, that was, I want to say that was their first, was it their first movie, or was the Marine first? The technicality was the first movie, but I think Noel's Bar was the first movie. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm talking like uh, like actual WWE production, I think, or whatever. Uh, yeah, The Condemned was actually in theaters. I think The Marine was in theaters, and then like every movie after that was just like straight to DVD. <laughs> oh, I know. It was uh, good enough to be a movie of the week on NBC. <laughs> yeah, right. I think See No Evil did have a, a theater release. That was the only other one, I believe. Uh, former WWE wrestlers, uh, John or wrestler uh, John Tenta, aka Earthquake, revealed recently that he has an advanced form of bladder cancer. He also stated that he had he was beginning chemotherapy in the near future, and that he's uncomfortable but not in any great pain. Tenta actually died from the disease in June of 2006, so he held on for two more years. That sucks. He was not that old. I, I was how. I don't know how exact, like how old he exactly was, but I know he dropped some weight there for a while. That was uh, a bit of contention when he came back in the Attitude Era because they're like, "Well, we can't make you Earthquake anymore. You're not fat enough." Like, yeah, really? How often do you hear that? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but they slapped a mask on him, and I'll be damned. He was on TV quite a bit as Golga there for a while. Yeah, good lord. Him and his uh, his South Park t-shirts and carrying around his Cartman's uh, uh, plushie. That was something. I think he really watched South Park. I wondered. Uh, that was just like the thing back then. Because remember the New Age Outlaws would uh, sometimes come out in South Park t-shirts. Like, yeah, but I just buy that one a little bit more than Golga. Yeah, right. That was just like the thing, man. Like at that time is the counterculture thing that WWF was tapping into. The 90s was very, like... That's where 2023, those guys are legit billionaires now. Yeah, right. That's right, I mean. Uh, although, I, I guess there was something... I didn't read the whole story, but I guess there's some uh, lawsuits going on right now between, like, 
Paramount and uh, HBO over South Park streaming rights. You see all that? That makes sense because they do have their own and South Park's on HBO now, right? So, Right, yeah. And they put new episodes up on HBO Max, um, So, but they have those movies on Paramount. And I guess... I guess they have contracts with, uh, is it, is it NBC Universal or no? Uh, who the hell owns Paramount? I forget. I know Paramount's CBS, so I think it's CBS. Oh, CBS, okay. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think CB, they have certain contracts with CBS, and Warner Brothers is, like, fighting them on it, so I don't know. I think the problem is everyone signs these streaming contracts, and then everyone comes out with their own streaming service, and you can't get your own content because you signed it away. Right. I don't know how... Um, like the streaming rights stuff works because I know there for a while there was like exclusive streaming rights for like say the Harry Potter movies and then you could tell as soon as those rights were like the exclusive rights ran out everybody has the Harry Potter movies <laughs> but getting back to Steve Austin here Stone Cold allegedly assaulted his girlfriend during a dispute a few weeks ago at Austin's Texas home according to the San Antonio police report oh my god uh, Tess Brossard told cops that she met with Austin to discuss the couple's troubled year-long relationship, but Austin became irritated and yelled at Brossard to shut up and that he was tired of talking. Brossard claimed that Austin then grabbed her and she began struggling before he allegedly threw her to the ground. Brossard landed on her hands and knees and later told officers that it, she had injured her right hand. <sighs> Much like the, unfortunately, just like the Jeff Hardy story we did earlier. This could be any time. Yep. Sad to say. I think this was this like the the third time he got in trouble for something like this. I don't keep counts. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. Obviously, the stuff with Deborah was the big one, but I want to say he had allegations with like his previous wives before her too. But I don't know. Either way, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling announced that its weekly paper announced on it. TNA. Yeah, that Fox Sportsnet will begin at televising TNA Impact on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> Fridays? I always thought it was Thursdays. Yeah, it was definitely Fridays when it started. Okay. Impact will debut on June 4th and will be filmed at Universal Studios at Universal Orlando Resort. Jeff Jarrett appeared on Fox, Fox Sportsnet's The Best Damn Sports Show, period, to talk about the television deal. Well, yeah, because, you know, when you want people to really tune in, you send out the big guns like <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Back in burial mode here. Uh, speaking of which, this week on Between the Ropes, former NWA world champion Jeff Jarrett joined Fritz and Dickerman. Hell of a name. Uh, to, talk about, <laughs> to talk about TNA and their new television deal with Fox Sports Net on Friday starting in June. Jeff talked about the coordination of the deal with Fox and Universal, and he talked about the black eye that wrestling has received. So how does hiring Vince Russo clear up that black eye? I got to ask. But either bro, way, the like new-, a new York steak, bro, you put a New York steak on a black eye to make it go down, bro. <laughs> Might give you some diseases besides that. But, you know, you know, you take the risk, man. <laughs> but the new Wait, deal- so wasn't even there yet. In TNA? Yeah, it was. He was there in the pay-per-view days. I remember that. He was I'm there sorry, the- what did you just say about him? He's, I thought you said he's coming in. No, uh, I just, I asked how, because uh, 
he brought up, he said, well, wrestling has received a black eye through the years. And that's why I said, how does hiring Vince Russo clear that black eye up? Oh. But the New Deal is a product of the work that has been done for the past two years. Yeah. Because, you know, Fox Sportsnet saw what they were putting on weekly pay-per-view and was like, we need that. <laughs> That'll be with WWE. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had a, and this is all real, by the way, this happened uh, in the pay-per-view days, so I'm not making this crap up, all right? You had a little person whack off in a trash can and then pull a gun on Jeff Jarrett. Like, yeah. you know, good stuff, pal. <laughs> and Fox Not Fox, even you know, Tony Khan, dude. Think about that. That was on the promo tape, and uh, the executives at Fox Sportsnet said, Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper, and I will pay it. Well, you said they're on best, damn. Those guys were all perps, so there's that. <laughs> uh, uh, well. Allegedly. Anyway. Yeah. So they opened so. the show with women in cages dancing. Boobs, bro. <laughs> I think TNA eventually started doing that, too, or they started already, but. Yeah, they had uh, they had quite a few uh, cage dancers and no. This, there was a chick I, I specifically remember. I think this was in their pay per view days. This chick named Lollipop literally got her top ripped off, and just had the cans out for everybody to see, like in the middle of the ring. Whoa, freeze pain, bro! <laughs> bro, I touched myself, bro. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll get into a uh, uh, one of the women here in just a second, but oh yeah, day, not in that way. But hey, you said uh, it. NWA TNA has recently purchased a six-sided ring to use as a special feature for some of their upcoming pay-per-view events. Uh, yeah, no, that would just be a staple that they would use at all times. You know, what? I can't believe forgot they started with four sides. Yeah, right. I was yeah, I was just about to say I I forgot. Because I didn't, I don't think about it. And their asylum days, yeah, they used a four-sided ring, and then they switched to six sides when they went to Fox Sportsnet. And that was another thing. There were there were a few things on the show that I saw and was like, wow, I need to stick around and watch more of this. And uh, some of the guys that left WWE, I was like, oh, that's where they went. Okay, uh, AJ Styles and Petey Williams were two big ones that had me sticking around. And uh, Chris yeah, Saban when he was first did the Canadian Destroyer was like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Yeah, right now. Yeah, now it's like a freaking super kick. Like, oh, everybody does it. Closer to a headlock. Yeah. Freaking Dustin Rhodes does it now. Like, cool, I guess. Whatever. Who cares? But yeah, uh, Chris Saban was another one that I was like, he's awesome. I got to watch more of this. And the six sided ring appealed to me. I, I always liked it, it was different. So. Here we go. Uh, this is the one I was. I didn't to. hate it, but honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is clearly a gimmick up, a gimmicked up company." <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, it was one of them things where, like, when you're flipping through the channels and you're like, oh, six sided ring." Whoa, what? So I don't know. I, th- I thought it was cool for that that kind of thing. Uh, this was a story I teased earlier about the uh, the woman in TNA here. So, the Goldilocks character recently was introduced. That a pun? <laughs> No, uh, but the Goldilocks character recently introduced into uh, NWA TNA is a spinoff of the movie Sybil, where a woman suffered from multiple personality disorder. 
Uh, I don't know how. I don't remember having a multiple personalities. Right. <laughs> her name is Goldilocks. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I didn't see much of her, but I remember she introduced uh, the baby bear, Alex Shelley. Get it? Goldilocks, <laughs> baby bear. Uh-huh. <laughs> or you know what I say about it. <sighs> Shut up and take my money. Or he goes from that, and I think he was the crown jewel at one point in the embassy. I can't remember. I know he was in the embassy, at least. Hell, I'm more of a crown jewel than the Necrobush, I'll tell you that. Oh, well, I mean, you're, that's not really setting the bar, Greg. So, <sighs> well, Wrapping things up here. The final numbers are in for The Rock's latest Hollywood venture, Walking Tall. It hit box office projections with a relatively strong showing, but far from a blockbuster at approximately $40 million domestic gross. Expect to see the DVD available soon. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, people are torn on that one. I, it wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah, I didn't really like it that much either. I felt like it ended as soon as it got going. You know what I mean? Like It, it, I just, started he- it just started heating up and then, oh, that's the, that's the end. Okay, cool. Johnny Knoxville was great in it, but I mean, I like him in anything. So, <sighs> but anyway, I like uh, all him and Stifler more. Yeah. Last one I got here. Bill Goldberg was taken off the card for this weekend's Hustle Three event, scheduled for the weekend in Japan, due to a training-related hand injury. Goldberg is being replaced by Mick Foley in the match against Toshiaki Kawada. Oh man, he better get his mother hands up, man. <laughs> Kawada will kick your head off. I even think twice. Uh, but Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are also on the card. I want to say this is the same show. If anybody saw, I've, I've seen clips of it being passed around. Hall and Nash come out as uh, for a tag match, I think, on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a pretty big-ass stage. They feel, it looked like the, a full building. And... They come out to uh, Ready or Not by the Fugees. And I was yeah, like, Scott Hall wow. always came out to that. Right, yeah. But like the, uh, he got them both coming out to that this time. Scott was pretty skinny. This was obviously before he ballooned up. And then uh, he was like all gray here again before he started dyeing his hair again. <laughs> but it's funny that they flipped. It's like he stopped, he started dyeing his hair and then Nash stopped dyeing his hair around the same time. Yep. And now Nash just cuts it all off. Yep. But, yeah, so I think this was that show. I'm going to assume that Hustle like was like a huge flash in the pan. They spent a lot of money, got a lot of legends coming in, and then done. Or I think the, I, I think the show is called Hustle 3. The, the actual uh, promotion is just Hustle, I believe. But yeah, as far as I know, that is defunct. But, you know, we're going to get somebody in the comments. Well, actually. So this is what happened. And they'll tell you as if they were there. Yeah. Well, uh, you see, it was, um, it was, you know, it was like, um, you know, well, well, you know, um, like, uh, uh, you know, or in other words, shut the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, that is it for the news and notes. Time to get into the show at hand. Oh, joy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a show, but we'll get into it. right after We've this. done worse, but. Yeah, we've done worse. We will do worse looking ahead at the schedule, but, you know. Uh, and I'll say this. It wasn't the, the there wasn't any, uh, or it was just boring. Yeah. There was one match on the show that was 
bad. The rest of them were just kind of like, eh, it was a match. Yeah, right. Uh, literally, almost, except for like the last two matches, like everything on the show could have been on SmackDown, and I wouldn't have blinked an eye. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just an average show, whatever. But either way, we're going to take our next break. On the other end, diving in. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry mate Take it easy Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. As WWE Judgment Day 2004 took place May 16th, 2004, the tagline, Souls Will Cry. Right. This might have been the last Judgment Day, I think. Uh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Time to Wikipedia this thing. <laughs> Let's see. I will say this. It had a cool-ass set. Oh, yeah, it did. That's the best thing about this whole damn show. Not a good okay. thing. Uh, there was a Judgment Day in 05. And one... Was there? Yeah. 05, 06, 07, 08, 09. Yeah. I'm I think completely 09. wrong. I just don't remember any of them. Yeah. Uh, Judgment Day 2009. I remember this poster uh it's like edge sitting in a courtroom with like the scales of justice oh yeah remember that and now it's actually on Rhea ripley's face or paint (laughs) yeah uh let's see yeah this was that was the last one 2009 okay and it was a tri-branded show in rosemont illinois there you go i say tri-branded because they had ecw there hey we went to that, that arena yeah damn cool arena i'll say Christian defended the ECW title against Jack Swagger. Yeah. Jake Hager, who likes his purple hat. And both of those guys are currently in AEW. I don't think anyone's bragging about that. My, my, how the turntables. But anyway, the venue was the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Attendance was 18,722. And if you did not know, JBL and Andy Guerrero sold this out, because JBL will tell you. I'm sure he will. Uh, and the uh, buy rate for this one is 0.38, which amounted to 235,000 buys. I don't know if I watched this one live. I can't remember. I'm going to say no, because I don't remember anything about the show. I definitely <laughs> remember watching it live. Well, we started off it with... it sucked. 
<laughs> suck then. It sucked watching it back. It sucks now. There you go, man. And that, and you can take that to the bank because Greg is relatively easy going with stuff like that. He's like, ah, eh, you know, it was fine. It was a show, whatever. Like he's hating on it. There you go. Especially when it comes off, to WWE. Right. <laughs> we start off the show on Peacock with all the warnings. Basically warning <laughs> every. We're basically telling everybody and their mother, do not watch this show. Turn back now. I think the only warning you didn't get was presented in its original form, despite technical difficulties at the time, which I get (laughs) every ECW show, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, ECW show. There was a WCW show, I think, that did that, too, if I remember correctly. What is it? The most most complete Complete form possible. Complete form possible, yeah. Yeah. Due to technical difficulties at the time, right? Yes. I can't remember what WCW show it was, but I want to say something cut out in the middle of a Alex uh, Alex Wright match. I know. I want to see him dance. But anyway, these warnings, by the way, made me actively laugh my ass off because it was just like one right after the other. Uh, you may be offended by this. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, anyway. trust me, I am offended by this show. <laughs> yeah, but not for the Because at the end of the day, warning. they label it as a wrestling show, and I don't agree with that. Good God. But then we get the show open with one of the most memorable, cool-looking custom pay-per-view stages in WWE history, in my opinion. It Which has been in, overdone in all the 2K games, by the way, and all the um, creative arenas. They've used the crosses for everything. Right, yeah. If anybody does custom arenas in uh, 2K, that's one of the presets you got there is, is this show. And it's not. It's one of them where it's like it's clearly in there because the set looked cool. Kind of like WrestleMania 9. It's in there because it looked cool, not because it was a, a great show that you want to remember fondly. But this first match, though, it's actually not that bad. We start off with Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam versus the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. Goes for 15 minutes, 17 seconds. The Dudleys are using, actually, my, I don't think this is a popular opinion, but they're using my favorite theme of theirs, which was the Power Man 5000 theme. What did you think of that? Did you like that? I didn't hate it. I just prefer I the classic theme. Yeah. I, the one they I returned wanted- to in Brooklyn we were at. Yeah, that's that's definitely my second favorite. Uh, I don't know. Something about Power Man 5000 was like real popular at this time. Those didn't know that uh, the lead singer was uh, uh, Rob Zombie's brother, I believe. But WWE used quite a bit of their music in like video games and promos and stuff. And uh, then they just like disappeared off the face of the earth. And I'm like, OK, it was cheap. Yeah, I guess so. But either way. I have Jack's figures of these Dudley boys, by the way, where they're in their yellow camo and uh, bullies in the short or Bubba, whatever is in the shorts. Uh, in the end, RVD and Ray hit double six one nines on the Dudleys. Van Dam hits the five star frog splash on Devon and pins him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this trace stars. I give it two and a half for these guys. I thought it was average. What say you? I gave it two. Someone's the clicking. I was getting bored. Yeah, I don't get I don't it. say that about most of these guys' matches. Right. Uh, I actually loved this look for the Dudleys. Like, this whole era of Dudleys. I don't know why. Like, the yellow camo, they kind of changed up their look a little bit. Bubba wore, like, a, a jersey. And uh, Devon, like, completely started completely shaving his head and whatever. I don't know. I, I dug it. <laughs> the funny thing about wearing their absolute last run in WWE at, at that point. Yeah, Until they come right. back in Brooklyn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I, I remember 
they did the yellow camo for a couple of years and then boom and they're gone to tna because apparently bubba called stephanie mcmahon a see you next tuesday <laughs> what? you know say what oh what see you next tuesday so it's, it's c u and then the first letter of next oh, and tuesday it, yeah <laughs> off. i didn't know That's that was what, a thing yeah okay you gotta keep up with the internet bro do you even internet bro not very often, which I'm proud about. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, all these idiots that lives on the internet and social media and stuff. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, uh, I. So some of the stuff goes right over my head, but I know a lot more pop culture stuff and uh, internet culture stuff than I care to admit. Either way, uh, yeah, they uh, they get fired and go on forever, bro. Until well, 2015, and. Uh, they go to TNA for ever. Yeah, Bully gets a title run. Couple title runs, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, because when I think world champion, I think Bubba Ray Dudley. Just for context on that, not even Paul Heyman thought that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's teaser for next week, by the way. <laughs> but backstage, Josh Matthews is outside of Booker T's locker room. He says there were some weird noises inside the locker room earlier. He says he's going to go in and see uh, see what's going on in there. And he just walks right in. Because, you know, when you hear weird noises coming from inside a man's locker room, you frequently just burst right in with a camera. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, was he wearing... Uh, my question, was he watching shark porn? <laughs> I had to get one friend's reference in here. Anyway, uh, Booker's in a dark room with burning candles all over, so, you know... Yeah, he wasn't watching Shark Point, he was watching good old-fashioned girl on girl. <laughs> good God. Hashtag the lesbians. <laughs> but he's got candles burning around like some kind of ritual or whatever. And Booker says that he went through his pre-match ritual, and he shows off some black bag he has and says that it contains his power. <laughs> yeah, oh, my man. God. Yeah, uh, well, I... I think that that cues it up again. Right. And he says that uh, tonight he'll prove that he's bigger than The Undertaker. Sure. Oh, no, Booker G's a large man, but he's bigger than The Undertaker. Yeah. Kurt Angle's theme hits now, and Luther Reigns, not to be confused with an actual top guy named Reigns, pushes a giant box to ringside. Hey, what's, in the, what's in the box? <laughs> but... Out of the top of the box, Kurt Angle pops up in a wheelchair. Well, and he came out of the of a box in a wheelchair, so instantly he's over. As you know, he wasn't before. <laughs> exactly. What? Well, no, Greg. He had to come out of a box, and then he's truly over. All right. Yep. But the wheel, the wheelchair looks like it's decked out in the French flag, but it's red, white, and blue. So... Yeah, I never got that ever. Yeah, like oh, it's red, white, and blue. It's the goddamn French flag. <laughs> it's not the American flag. Wasn't even a star on there either. Right. Which, by the way, we had a French guy who, in a, a match coming up, who was like an anti-American French guy on the same show. But yeah, no, let's uh, let's let's confuse the two. Good God. But anyway, uh, Kurt does the typical put down the town, it's people and it's sports team thing. Kurt claims that if Eddie didn't cheat at WrestleMania, he'd be the one defending the WWE title tonight. Okay, he's he not then, wrong. 
Yeah, right. He then says that when JBL wins the WWE title tonight, he expects LA fans to do what they do best. Riot. So he's getting the hell out after that show. Who? Um, I mean, is he wrong? No, I believe this is right after they had destroyed the city when they uh, lost the title of the finals. Dude, or no, win, no, no, sorry, that's about to happen. Dude, win or lose, they will destroy that city. They will riot. They will burn things. It will happen. I don't get it. Why? Like you won. Didn't they do that after the Rams won the Super Bowl? Hell no. Anyway, no one even went to the, to the parade for that. Well, I know nobody went to the parade, but I figured they at least showed up for the riots. <laughs> no, they didn't. I don't think anyone gave a damn. Hey, man, that's that's, uh, you know, when they say, you know, about as American as apple pie. Well, that's about as L.A. as rioting and burning the city. <laughs> it's a it's a, a citywide pastime. I mean, with the Rodney King thing, I get it. But winning a title or losing it. Yeah, well, now they just. They're like, uh, do we do we have another reason to, to burn stuff? All right, well, you know, we'll uh, we'll congregate. But Kurt says that he actually blames Tori Wilson for his leg injury and demands that she come out to the ring. She does. It and was Kurt her fault, technically. Yeah, bet. Sort of. <laughs> but Kurt then tells Tori that if she loses tonight, she's fired. Although he doesn't say it like that, but, you know, you get it. And up next, it is Tori Wilson versus Don Marie. Tori loses. She's we fired. haven't gotten that match at all enough. Yeah, right. Hey, do you remember when Don Marie f- Tori Wilson's dad to death? Lucky SOB. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, he he, had, he was he was older, and he had a lot of blood flowing to places that weren't his heart and his head. So you know, there you go. Is that a pun? This, uh, maybe. This is a thing that happened, by the way. That actually happened in WWE storyline. And, by the way, that was Tori Wilson's real dad. By the way, Vince Russo was nowhere near around this. Vince Russo would have watched this and been like, bro, too far, bro. (laughs) He's hiring an actor. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Uh, we're talking about Don Marie two weeks in a row, by the way. I got to point out because she's on next week's I'm a, show. I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. She, and she looks all the way live right here, as does Tori. You know, but I I don't think there was a time in Tori's life where she was not all the way live. So but either way, this goes six minutes, 15 seconds, because God wanted to torture us. But go figure. Yeah, yeah. Point, I'm sure JBL had a hand in this. Yeah. <laughs> God, shut up. But go figure. At one point, Tori pops Don's pants open to reveal a thong. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, finally, the show's getting good. I know. I was like, you know what? I was about to fast forward, but forget it now. I'm sticking with it. Don goes nuts and hits a sit doing this face. just for our listeners. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I had to get replays, all right? Don hits a sit-out face buster for a near fall. Remember when all the women used to do a sit-out face buster for a finish? Yep. But then I don't Tori know if anybody gets... does it anymore. No, they need to retire the hell out of that move. That freaking like X Pac did it. It was like it was fine. And then after X Pac, then every woman started doing it because it I was want to say the first easy. person I saw do it was Conan in the Filthy Animals. Yeah, yeah, he. That's right. He did it uh, with them too. Or 
Well, I guess I should hit it for the first time. That is correct. <laughs> but either way, Tori gets a backslide for the win. The women are gorgeous. And what a backslide mat- it is. <laughs> the women were gorgeous, and the match was bowling shoe ugly. Uncle Dave gave it a quarter star. I gave it a star, but it was a dud. What say you? Oh, dude, this was five stars all the way. Oh, one star match, though. I think, well, yeah. I think I... You didn't specify what you wanted me to rate here. Sorry. That's your fault. It's, it's like that uh, that family guy thing where the teacher leans over with the paper and she's like, you know what this is? And or she's like, uh, what are you looking at here? And he's like, two D's and an F. <laughs> that was this match. Although this was four D's and an F. <sighs> anyway. I'm pretty sure it was just two D's. But... Yeah. Uh, up next. Doesn't get better, folks. It is Scotty Tuhati versus Mordecai. Yeah. I like how on this episode alone, we've mentioned him and Grandmaster not together. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that's how you really get him over, Greg, is by splitting them up. Clearly. What was with WWE's fetish with doing that for years, by the way? You remember that? Every time they yeah. had a hot team, they'd split it up because... I remember reasons. on the Brawl for episode of Dark Side of the Ring, Bart Gunn says, when we came in, it was great. Eventually, they split us up because for some reason, everybody has split in the movie. Like, he flat out called him out on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Bruce Pritchard admitted it's all Vince's fault because he said Vince was bipolar with it. He would get in a mood one day where he's like, I don't like tag teams anymore. Split them all up. Like, uh, what? Why? And then the people who made, you know, who got over as a tag team, like, <clears throat> like, uh, too cool. Nobody gave a damn. Nobody wanted to see Scotty who literally was the gatekeeper for SmackDown. He was the original Dolph Ziggler here. (laughs) And then Grandmaster did, like, F all. I don't know. But either way, this one goes three minutes. Mordecai had such a cool entrance. This set was perfect for him, by the way. It was awesome. This is Kevin Thorne, right? Yeah. Something happens, and Mordecai gets his lips busted open at one point. In a three-minute who-gives-a-damn match. Uh, he dominates and beats Scotty off of a kneeling crucifix bomb. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star and a half. Star, whatever. What say you? One star. Yeah. I know this is like a, a statement here, but this is the worst match of the night right here. Because that uh, last real was for looks. <laughs> yeah, right. This one, I don't know. We talked about him before, but just... I don't know, man. I feel like they gave up on Mordecai too soon. I, feel like I don't they, know why either. Yeah. They just said he... And, and looking back at this, I was watching for this. Like, Bruce Pritchard was like, well, he moved. He tried to move too much like uh, the old school Undertaker. He was too zombie-like or whatever. I'm like, I don't see any of that here. And I was actively looking for it. Like, I don't know. I thought, yeah, he didn't show a lot of expression, but was he supposed to? Oh, Vince told me to say that. Yeah, right. Man, you want to talk about a bag carrier? <laughs> Freaking <laughs> Bruce Pritchard, man. But backstage, uh, here we go. We get to the stars of the show here, man. It's Chavo and Chavo Classic are changing when Jacqueline burst in with a present. She says she got Chavo something to wear to the ring so he doesn't feel bad about losing to a girl. Why is Jackie always in intergender matches? Like, because she can dis- legitimately kick the guy's ass? I don't know. Yeah, probably. 
the first Disco Inferno, not Chavo Guerrero. Like, what the? Chavo says that he's going to go out of his way to make her feel uncomfortable, and he opens the box to reveal a pink bra and panties before tossing them aside. Chavo tells Jacqueline that he's going on, or he's going to hurt her tonight, and we see Chavo Classic in the back looking at the lingerie. I need to point out once again that Rich Russo is not on the show. Yeah. Uh, that need, that does need to be said, because some will wonder. He isn't anywhere near this company at this time. <sighs> but up next, it is... You want to talk about throwing together teams, man. We got Charlie Haas and Rico with Miss Jackie Gata. They are defending the WWE Tag Team titles against Hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn. This goes yep. about 10 minutes or 10 and a half minutes here. So Rico and Jackie actually have a lighted runway that they walk across on their entrance. Charlie thinks about it and then decides not to. I laughed that hardcore Holly walked down the lighted runway, <laughs> but I was disappointed that daddy ass didn't scissor him. So there's that. Uh, there was a bunch of haha Rico's gay and it makes his, unpo- his opponents uncomfortable spots in this one. Stuff you would never see in wrestling today. But Taz, who's from Brooklyn, New York, says that the people from L.A. are, quote, a little weird, end quote. You can take that to the damn bank. Yes, but we know what he meant because of the context in which he said it. Oh, well, yeah. But, you know, when when a guy from Brooklyn's like, well, it's weird here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. But in the end, Holly gets Charlie up in an Alabama slam. Rico super kicks Holly. Charlie then rolls him up to win and retain the titles. Uncle Dave gives us three quarters of a star. I gave it two. It was okay. Let's say you. I gave it two. It was watchable. I did not like this team, though. I know the whole thing was like, oh, Charlie's so serious, and he's, you know, an actual talented wrestler, but let's uh, let's have him coming out with Rico, because ha-ha! Do you realize they do the same crap with Al Snow and Steve Blackman? Yeah. Except there's no uh there's no homosexual overtones with them. Yeah. Right. Basically the same thing. Yep. Let's put a goofy guy with a serious guy because ha ha. It's kind of the dynamic of CM Punk and Colt Cabana in Ring of Honor too. Because Colt was always like cracking jokes and whatever, and meanwhile Punk is sitting there like all serious, is like, I'm better than you, and I'm straight edge or whatever. Colt would come up and like do a party popper in his face, whatever. <laughs> <sighs> Boom, boom. So effing weird, though. Just this, like, like I said, you'd never get away with this now, where it's like, aha, he's gay, and everybody's uncomfortable about it. That's that's his whole gimmick. But we now, for those that didn't see, he he had like really gay overtones, not like flamboyant, like pretty deadly, vastly different. Yeah, no, he's like rubbing up on him, and he's basically molesting his opponents in the ring, and it's like, oh, 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 that's funny. Uh, not so much. Wait a few years till um, Viscera comes in. Oh, God, Giggity. yeah. He's really going to molest him. <laughs> <sighs> He's going to go full-on deliverance with him. <laughs> Squeal, boy! <laughs> oh, man. But we now go back to a smoke-filled storage room with The Undertaker standing by with Paul Bearer. Bearer tells Booker T that today is his judgment day, and Undertaker says, rest in peace. This hit me in the childhood. And up next, we get this. 
It is Jacqueline defending the cruiserweight title against Chavo Guerrero with Chavo Classic in his corner. Uh, and it is a match where Chavo has to have one arm tied behind his back. Cool. You know, because that will get it over more. One more time. One more time. This Russo, not on the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but this goes about five minutes. In the end, Chavo Classic distracts the ref so that Chavo can hit his, or excuse me, can untie his arm, hit the gory bomb, and win. Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I gave it a star and a half. It was, eh, what say you? I gave it one star. Sucked. Not the worst match of the night. Really bad or not? Yeah, well, it had competition there. So, you know, <laughs> on any other night, this would have been the worst. But yeah, it uh, was a crowded field. But after the match, Chavo gets on the mic and says that Jacqueline made him do this, as did the fans who laughed at him. He says that they will never laugh at him again because he's the cruiserweight champion. <laughs> uh, Chavo Classic runs and field goal kicks Jacqueline in the ribs before leaving. For those that don't know, Chavo Classic was Chavo Guerrero Sr., um, but Vince McMahon has some weird hang-up with calling people Junior, so... He just called him Chavo Classic. You know, like Coca-Cola Classic. Whatever. Yeah. Also, I want to point out, uh, they, they kind of did this crap with Jacqueline twice now in two companies. Do you see a correlation <laughs> yeah. amongst the people they did it with? with her? Uh, the joke character? Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think Chavo was refusing to do the job for her at any time, though. It's like, do I get my win back? But before the next match, John Cena comes out to do his usual pre-match wrap. He's wearing a Lakers jersey and ball cap, which that had that hurt. Heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that hurts down his little Beantown heart. <laughs> uh, in his wrap, he talks about how the about how the French Rene Dupree hates the U.S. and he even craps on the San Antonio Spurs. This is my favorite version of John Cena, by the way, right in this era. Remember when he brought it back at WrestleMania 35, man, he got a pop and a half, man. Like blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I blew it home. You know, I had to clean up the ceiling after, but, you know, it was worth it. Either way. Oh. <laughs> up next, it is... Don't edit that out. It is John Cena defending the United States title against Rene Dupre in about 10 minutes. Rene Moxley Good. <laughs> it is... Uh, it goes about 10 minutes. So... Rene gets his blip busted open. In the end, they go back and forth with cover attempts. Rene goes for the up and over in the corner at one point, but he lands on Cena's shoulders. Cena then hits the FU and pins Dupree to retain the title. I kind of thought when I heard him say the FU, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh, you almost forgot about it there for a bit. It's like, oh, yeah. Ah, but Uncle Dave gives this three stars. I give it Holy two crap. <laughs> I give it two and a half. I thought it was average. Let's say you. Two. I always, I don't know, something about this didn't click either. I don't know what it was. John Cena was putting on pretty good matches at this time. Uh, this is random, but I actually thought Rene Dupree was pretty good. I don't know what the hell happened with him, but you ever hear that story where he was French? Yeah. Did you ever hear that story where apparently he pissed off uh, Hardcore Holly? And Holly actually had a legitimate reason to hate him. No, uh, but I can believe it. I guess he was riding with Hardcore Holly. And 
Holly and he went all races on some Mexican guys? Oh, my God. Not quite. Um, but the, Holly had to fly to the next place or whatever. I don't know if he was flying home or something. But he told Renee, he's like, well, you can, you know, you're going to be here for a few more days. You can use my car and, uh, you know, just return it when you're done with it. Well, Renee, like, left it somewhere and racked up a ton of parking tickets and some other stuff, whatever. And since the car was in Holly's name, they all got sent to him. And it was like, I don't know, it was like $1,000 worth of parking tickets or something like that that he racked up. And Holly was... uh, Look, you leave your car with somebody, you assume the risk. Yeah, right. It's like he was trying to be a nice guy. Renee screwed him over. Uh, I don't fully blame him. But I guess, like, they got... Bruce Pritchard actually admitted to this on his Hardcore Holly episode of his podcast. He said they got pissed at the way he handled it because they were in a match together and, and Renee knew that Holly was pissed and they came face to face at one point and like Renee like hightailed it for the back and Holly like chased his ass down to the back and beat the crap out of him in the backstage. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, Hardcore got uh, reprimanded for that one. They're like, dude, you can't be beating the boys up in the back. <sighs> okay, Good it's stuff. just a French guy. Yeah. Uh, the, the southern white boy beating up the old Frenchie. How Talladega Knights of him. Say you like crepes. I will never say it. Say you like really thin pancakes. I can't. I can't say that. The hell. <laughs> don't you remember from Talladega Nights? I don't remember that. Yeah, where uh, the French guy, uh, Sasha Baron character, like, got him in, like, an arm bar. He's like, I will break your arm. He's like, say you like crepes. He's like, I will never say that. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, it's basically just like really thin pancakes. Just say you like really thin pancakes. He's like, no, I can't say that. No. And then he ends up breaking his arm. <laughs> I piss excellence, though. Uh, what is this Highlander? Uh, it, uh, it's a, it's a, the greatest movie they ever made. <sighs> anyway, back to this show. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of better, uh, better entertainment here. Why are we going but, back to this? After the match, Cena teases the crowd with his James Worthy Lakers jersey. And, you know, back when uh, uh, the Lakers had some memorable players. I kid, they've they've always pretty much had memorable players. But either way. But we now uh, get a play-up package and hype video for Kenzo Suzuki. So they made that switch within like a week. <laughs> when we come back, John Cena is still whipping up the crowd. Ironically, he's going to be teaming with uh, Rene Dupree here soon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that, where it's like, God dang it, pal. Neither one of them are American. Put them in a team together. So stupid. I like, like, by the way, that uh, you later find out that both of the guys in La Resistance, neither one of them were legit French. They were (laughs) French-Canadian. It's like, really? Uh, It's like, you know, French people don't actually respect French-Canadians, right? (laughs) And lots of Canadians, one I know for sure, says that Quebec doesn't count as Canada. Yeah, right. Uh, like they say about Quebec what Americans say about Canada. Yeah, like, uh, that's the other country. But up next, it is Booker T versus The Undertaker. With Paul Bearer in his corner. It was about 11 and a half minutes. Undertaker goes for the last ride, but Booker gets out and lands on his feet, bumping the ref. We needed a ref bump here. Booker then dumps the contents of his black bag in his hand. It looks like dirt or ash or something. 
and he throws it in Undertaker's face in the face. But Undertaker only sells it for like a hot second uh, before throwing Booker T off. Uh, at one point, Undertaker fires off some stomach shots on Booker. But Booker hits a scissor kick for a near fall. Undertaker comes back with a choke slam, a tombstone, and that's all she wrote for GI Bro. Uncle Dave gave this a star and three quarters. You know, something wasn't right here with these two, man. I, I just gave it two and a half. It was okay. I'll say you. I gave it two. I don't even remember why this match was happening, honestly. Because yeah. at WrestleMania, which is the last pay-per-view well, before Backlash, but uh, Booker T was team with RBD, their face. So I forgot. Obviously, they broke up. But I'm like, why yeah. is he now a heel? Why is he going after the Undertaker? I didn't understand it. Uh, what he was on? He was on Raw with RBD, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, yeah. They were the tag okay. champs at WrestleMania, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, it's it's because they drafted him to SmackDown, and he came in shooting his mouth off, saying that he was the biggest star in SmackDown history because he came to he came from Raw, which was the the better show, and that pissed off the Undertaker, so it started a feud. At the time, that was true. It was the better show. Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, it today. SmackDown had various moments where it was the A show. And Raw was just kind of the other show. I feel like, because there for a while it was like Raw had, every Raw opened with like a 20-minute Triple H promo, and then you had a bunch of other goofy segments throughout the show. Whereas SmackDown, they had their goofiness and their segments, whatever, but they also had like amazing matches with great talent. This was a downtime. Uh, For the main event, uh, well, before we get into the main event, let's take our second to last break. When we come back, we'll dive into all things main event and uh, the the preamble to all of it. It's uh, something to uh, something to behold, man. And this has got to be the reason why there were a ton of warnings at the beginning of this thing. <laughs> but we'll get into all of it on the other end of this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. The main event 
Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. So the main event, JBL does not ride his limo out, but he does got a pretty racist ass promo talking about Hispanics and illegal immigrants needing translators for what he's about to say. We haven't got to the thing where he goes to the border yet, right? Mm, yeah, I think that already happened. I could be wrong, but I know this, the thing with Eddie Guerrero's mom already happened because they were talking about it. But <sighs> either way, he then goes on about how he believes that all Hispanics got there and uh, they can go back to the th- their third world country, Mexico. So uh, on this show, they're exploiting homosexuals and being racist. Well, they covered all the bases, huh? Yeah, and, uh, you know, making the women nothing but sex objects. Well, there you go. Bro! Bro! On the show. <laughs> but finally, he says that he fired his Mexican maid for stealing from him. Yeah, I mean, even in 2004, how the hell did that get on TV? <laughs> Pay-per-view, bro. Uh, And so he says he'll hire Eddie Guerrero's mom to live out the rest of her days as his maid in in New York City. God, this was this was was such cheap heat. Like it's pretty easy to boo the blatant racist. (laughs) God. Uh, After all this, Eddie rides out in his lowrider for his entrance, and the crowd explodes. Eddie Guerrero is defending the WWE title against John Bradshaw Layfield. It goes about 23 minutes, 16 seconds. At this time, Eddie tries to run the ropes and collides with a referee, wiping him out. Uh, JBL gets dumped behind the commentary table, grabs a chair, and blasts Eddie like he is legitimately trying to cave his skull in. This holy mother of God. A couple of these shots, like, just hurt my head. Dude, he was swinging for the damn Fences with this one, man. Uh, Eddie instantly starts bleeding, just pouring blood all over himself, the ground, JBL's hat, and everything else around him. JBL hits Eddie in the face with the steel steps, beats on, him, beats on him some more, and then hits the clothesline from hell, but the referee is still down. Finally, another referee rushes in, and JBL uh, only gets a near fall. JBL goes for a second clothesline from hell, but this ref proves to be just as dumb as the first one, and when Eddie ducks, the ref eats it. However, JBL hits a powerbomb, and the first referee finally wakes up and counts a near fall. The ring mat is painted in Eddie's blood at this point, and JBL hides the WWE title behind his back while he tosses a chair in the ring. The ref is distracted with a chair, JBL goes to hit Eddie with the WWE title, but he gets kicked in the junk. In the junk! Uh, <laughs> when the ref turns, Eddie Lamb based JBL with the WWE title for the disqualification. Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. Uh, I gave it three. It was best match of the night. What say you? I gave it three. I really hated it in DQ. Yeah. That's one of my lame. biggest pet peeves of pay-per-view ending on DQ. Oh, especially a pay-per-view like this, where, like, everything sucked. Like, damn, man. But after the match, 
Referees hit the ring to try to peel Eddie off of JBL as he beats on him. Eddie then hits JBL with the WWE title again, busting him wide open. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Both men gotta bleed. After this, Eddie grabs I'll make him bleed. Eddie grabs a steel chair, and JBL pleads for forgiveness, but Eddie cracks him in the skull before hitting the frog splash. Referees pull JBL to safety and help him up the ramp, but Eddie charges up and tackles him. Agents run out now, pull Eddie off JBL and hold him back. Finally, uh, Eddie goes back to the ring to pose for the WWE title as his theme plays, and we mercifully close this show. So there you go, folks. Mercifully, it's over. Well, and you know what Eddie was upset about? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! (laughs) So, uh, anyway, but we are going to take our final break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to hit the final ratings and tell you what's coming up in the future of this here podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time, folks. Internet Movie Database gave this thing 5.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 4.23 out of 10. I give it a 6.5 out of 10 for an F+. plus. What say you? I think I went solid F on this one. Sucked. Whole thing sucked. Like, and he was on this show. Yeah, right. Uh, look, it wasn't anything like I would say offensively bad per se on the show. It just it was boring. Good. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that... Uh, that show happened. I don't know. It, it was it was a thing. It should have been a lot better. I'll say that. But that does it for that show, ladies and gents. And next week, we're bringing you an actually a better show, believe it or not. It is ECW Hardcore Heaven 1999. It's not a banger, but it's a good show. It's got some stuff on it that, that was uh, that was fairly decent towards, you know, the middle <laughs> of, uh, of the card. So stay tuned for that. The news will be interesting as always. 
The week after that, we're bringing you WCW at Slammery 1996. And since it's double main event week for the bonus show, it's the first ever SmackDown, the one that aired on April 29th, 1999. And finally, wrapping up the month, May 31st with Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds 2014. Going to be a good month. Yeah. Uh, So that wraps it up, ladies and gents. And uh, yeah, this... uh, the show happened, so we're past it now. I guess we we brought you two not so great shows in a row with Russell War and now this. So I don't know. We're sorry, but you know, so hardcore heaven it. is the is the uh, palate cleanser. I is guess that what you're so. Me? Holy Oddly crap! Enough, yeah. <laughs> when ECW is the least offensive thing we've done this month, <laughs> yeah. Because we got Slamboree 96 after that, and according to you, that one was not a banger. Not horrible, but... It was a show? Is that what you're saying? Again, another episode of... uh, Another thing that could be an episode of Nitro. Yeah. I don't know. It it was a thing. But we'll cover that next week. Uh, Hardcore Heaven, that is. 1999. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. I hate you for doing this to me. You know what? You picked this one. I gave you some choices. You picked it. I'm going to throw you under the bus this week. I think you might have given me crap, garbage, and vomit. And I think I might have picked the garbage. That might be what happened. I don't remember. I threw out a few Judgment Day because you were like, what about Judgment Day? And I was like, yeah, here are some dates. And you're like, eh, let's go with this one. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I pick these solely based on the month. So I'm like, oh, the news can be fun. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was some stuff in the news, and like I said, I think we kept this entertaining. We watched this so that you didn't have to, but if you are planning on watching this, uh, fast forward to the main event and uh, skip everything else. You can see the set, you can hear the racist promo, you can see blood everywhere, and uh, there you go. That'll wrap it up for you. (laughs) That that does it for us today. We will see you all next week. It's on uh, May 17th. We're going back to ECW for Hardcore Heaven 1999.